Okay, guys, thanks for listening to Worship Local. This is our podcast where we invite you into the long-winded, ever-deepening, and sometimes it's a winding conversation of Frontier Church where we always exist for the glory of Jesus and the joy of Des Moines. And church, it's week two of just me today. Just just me. Andrew is on paternity leave and he'll be taking a break for a few weeks from the podcast. So today we're going to think deeply about why our church is so hungry for the Holy Spirit right now. While most churches are floundering in the midst of COVID-19, they're being cut in half. Somehow, someway, Frontier Church is vibrant and healthy. Let me just point out a few indicators of health for us. First, in the last few months, we sent out the Palace to plant a church in Clinton, Iowa. Second, in the last year, I've received more edifying messages from church members than in the first three years combined. Third, in the last year, there have been more people who have offered me words of encouragement and wisdom from the Lord than in the first three years combined. Fourth, our church is praying more during the church services. Fifth, our church is hungrier for the Holy Spirit. So what's going on? Why are we hungry for the Holy Spirit? Well, guys, uh, over these last nine months, there have been a few key stories in our church's life that help me as a lead pastor make sense of where we are today. This is not going to be, it's not going to be a complete summary of why we're so hungry for the Spirit, because I can only tell a few stories from my vantage point. But I have no doubt that there are millions of other things that God is currently doing in your life that I simply can't account for in this podcast. But for starters, to, to, to paint a picture of where we're at, what I want to do in these two podcasts is I want to talk about a breaking point that I reached seven months ago. I want to talk about what in the heck happened during the Holy Spirit sermon series. I want to talk about how we intentionally limited volunteering to prayer and prayer only during COVID-19. I want to talk about how liturgy evolved during our micro gatherings. I want to talk about how I was shocked by our two prayer gatherings. And I even want to share with you my brief experience with healing in Cedar Falls. (laughs) Oh, that sounds like a lot more when I read it. So you might, you might want to go grab a cup of coffee, but let's go. Let's, let's talk about why we are where we are. A friend of mine who's still pretty new to Frontier was in my backyard a couple days ago and we were just hanging out after community group and he asked me, and I loved this question, he asked, hey dude, has Frontier always been like this? Or was there like a definite change you guys experienced six months ago or a year ago? Man, this church is on fire and like moths drawn to a flame, people are coming and they're getting it. That question has Frontier Church always been like this? That question is actually what sparked the idea for this podcast. And yes, I think something has changed in this past year. And it's not like we're a big church and nobody's writing books about our sudden explosion of growth and the growth that we're experiencing right now is slow and steady. But still, 
my job as a pastor is to draw attention to what God is doing in our church and to steward these stories really well. And we feel healthy and excited about where the Spirit's currently leading us. And this is just not where most churches are right now. Consider this article. In the past week, there's this article from Barna that has rocked the internet. Maybe not yours, but at least on my social media, I've seen at least 10 other fellow pastors post this article on their Facebook walls. The article is called, One in Five U.S. Churches Likely to Close Permanently Due to Coronavirus Impact. And the article is as bad as you think. It's deflating. Here's a sample of the article. Quote, Christian research organization Barna Group says that it's likely that one in five U.S. churches will shut its door for good because of a downturn in donations and attendance caused by the novel coronavirus. Even in areas where shutdown orders have lifted, churches are seeing far fewer in-person attendees. An April poll conducted by the National Association of Evangelicals showed that 34% of churches had seen donations drop by 10 to 20% between mid-March and late April. 22% of churches had a drop of 30 to 50% or more. And 9% of churches had a drop of 75% or more. As though that's not bad enough, the article ends on this eerie note. Quote, Barna's data shows that early in the pandemic, 70% of pastors were surveyed, and they said they were very confident their churches would survive the ordeal. But recently, only 58% of pastors said the same. End quote. So what's going on at Frontier Church right now? During the coronavirus lockdown, we actually sent out the Powells to go plant a church in Clinton, Iowa, Additionally, the Simses, you know, Carlos and Caitlin, they moved to Michigan with the hopes of saving money to go plant a church. And we even had a few key couples who moved, like the Casters, right? Kyle and Maddie, who have been an amazing source of encouragement to Frontier Church ever since we launched. So that seems like the perfect storm. The coronavirus lockdown sends ripples across the religious landscape. A few key leaders and pastors move. Sounds like a disaster waiting to happen, right? No, God is at work in Frontier Church. So what's going on? Earlier this year, I was having lunch with the lead pastor of our sending church. His name is Donovan. You know, he was, he was my mentor. He was my coach. I'm a huge fan of him. Um, and I, I had like a dozen questions for Donovan. I had made, and you guys can picture me. You know what kind of, you know how passionate I am about ongoing learning. I had my pen ready. <laughs> I had my full focus planner wide open and I was ready to take all the notes that I could because I had all these questions for Donovan. And here's why. Redeemer Church, our sending church, has grown exponentially in the last two years in their focus on the Holy Spirit. As a church, they've been pressing harder and harder into the Holy Spirit than they ever have. In fact, 
if you look at their leader meetings, they even axed the agenda in their group leader meetings. And when their group leaders would get together over these past couple of years, they didn't go through a bulletin list of things. They literally just worshiped and prayed together. That's it. They were just getting on their faces and seeking the Holy Spirit. And even their small groups, once a month, they're throwing out all the sermon series discussions and they're just praying when they get together as a small group. On top of that, Redeemer's preaching more on the spiritual gifts and they're asking God more to experience the spiritual gifts. So you can see why I was super interested in the direction they were going, right? So uh, about halfway into the launch, about halfway into my eager, enthusiastic, very coal-like question machine gunning about how their church is following the Holy Spirit, what Donovan did is he just cut me off mid-question, looked at me, and point blank just asked me, dude, why are you so interested in this? And I just blurted out, which is really uncharacteristic of me, but I just blurted out, dude, my leadership is not having the impact that I want it to have. Not a week goes by when I don't put my whole heart into sermon prepping and it never has the impact I want it to have, man. Every week I try my hardest to lead people and it never has the impact I want it to have. And whenever I share the gospel with people, they just yawn. Right? I said, dude, I'm trying my best here and it's not good enough. I got to be more desperate for the Holy Spirit. A couple months after this conversation with Donovan, COVID-19 hit and we found ourselves in quarantine. And the very first Sunday of quarantine, I swear I'm not making this up. The very first Sunday of quarantine was the very first week of our Holy Spirit sermon series. I didn't schedule that. The first few sermons from the Holy Spirit sermon series, if you remember them, they're pretty basic, right? Here's why the Holy Spirit is God. Here's who the Holy Spirit is. This is how the Holy Spirit works. But about halfway through the sermon series, some small things started to change and take shape. When I preached a sermon on the spiritual gifts, you can actually go back on our Facebook and look at this. You can look back at this on our website. Our church left 139 comments in the comment section on that sermon on the spiritual gifts. And that week, over the course of a couple days, I received at least a dozen text messages and emails about the gifts of the Spirit. I was just like, whoa. God struck a nerve with that sermon. Turns out it wasn't just me that wanted to be more desperate for the Holy Spirit. Our church was hungry. Our church was inquisitive. Church members were asking me, well, what if I ask the Spirit for a gift and nothing happens? Or what if somebody prophesies over me and it's not true? Or what if somebody speaks in tongues and there's no interpreter? Or what if I don't want any of the spiritual gifts? I, was, I love these questions. I love that. I love being part of an energetic learning community that's totally devoted to lifelong learning about God and His Word. And so I was fired up after that sermon. I was fired up about how inquisitive you guys were and all the questions our church had. And I could kind of feel all of us wrestling with the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. And something even changed in my personal life. Every morning when I woke up for a season and I prayed in my journal, I would end my prayer every day by asking, God, would you give me a prophetic word for somebody today? 
I've never really prayed like that before, guys. And every week during sermon prep, all of a sudden, I began to ask God for a prophetic word in my preaching. I'd never asked God to do this before. But while I was studying and writing out my sermons, to my surprise, I consistently found myself asking, God, would you give me a prophetic word? Would you help give me a word that cuts to the very marrow of somebody's bone that's unmistakably from you, that speaks exactly into somebody's experience? I want to preach prophetically, God. Something was changing, guys, during that time. Well, not, not changing. Our theology wasn't changing. We've always believed in the continuation of the gifts of the Spirit, but it was deepening. So during quarantine, some of our church members were getting a little bit antsy. If you're listening to this podcast, you were probably one of these people. They wanted to serve. You can't blame them, right? That's what you want. You want church members who want to serve. That's the dream. And the solution is pretty easy, right, lead pastor? Give them something to do. Get their hands on something. But there was this thing that I felt happening in the life of our local church. And I wanted to, I wanted to nurture it. I wanted to steward this thing well. I felt this growing sensitivity to the Holy Spirit among our people. I felt this fresh urgency in our local church of, hey, if we don't learn how to press into the Holy Spirit during quarantine, we're going to become superficial Christians and we're going to drown. We're going to drown in our social media. We're going to drown shut in at home. We're going to drown in our basements. We're going to drown in our isolation. We, we got to be serious about prayer. And so the Holy Spirit sermon series was coming to a close, but as a church family, our theology of the Holy Spirit and our awareness of the Holy Spirit, it was the sharpest that it's ever been as a young church. And I wanted to leverage that. So for the few remaining weeks of quarantine leading up to our micro-gatherings, I decided to record a few guided prayers that I called Saturday in the Spirit. These guided prayers, have a, they had a twofold purpose. First, it was to help us use our Saturday nights to pray ourselves hot so that our hearts weren't cold on Sunday mornings. And second, these prayers were designed to create a lot of space to help our church members be quiet in the presence of God and linger in the Holy Spirit and listen. So rather, well, here's the idea. Rather than tell our people to volunteer or serve in a specific way, we actually drew a circle around Saturdays in the spirit and said, if you really want to serve our church, if you're really sincere about serving and you're not just looking for a way to serve in a public way, invisible way that people see, if you're really serious about serving, do Saturdays in the spirit. That's the only way we're letting people serve right now in this season. Either serve our church by praying deeply for it or don't serve it at all. It's kind of gangster. <laughs> at least for my leadership style. It's kind of gangster, but I think God honored it. Because here was the surprise for me. A few weeks into Saturdays in the Spirit, I had church members asking me if we could keep doing it even after our relaunch. 
Luke Snowden, one of my one of my one of my better friends at Frontier, one of my homies, he pointed a finger at my chest one Sunday morning and said, "Don't even think of stopping or discontinuing Saturdays in the spirit." It's like, "Whoa." Something was happening. Our church was getting hungrier for the spirit. My first three years of pastoring Frontier Church, I had exactly zero people come up to me and give me a word from the Lord. And it's nobody's fault but my own. I I had neglected preaching on the gifts of the Spirit. I had neglected preaching on things like prophecy. So it was totally my fault. And don't get me wrong, our, our church has served me a ton. You guys have encouraged me a lot. Our church has blessed me big time during our first four years as a church plant. You guys really have. But literally, nobody had ever come up to me and said, dude, I was praying for you the other day, and I think the Lord wants me to offer this encouragement to you. Or, hey man, this may or may not be for you, but I just sense the Lord wanting to tell you this thing. I think I might have a prophecy for you. But this type of thing, even though it wasn't happening for us in the first couple of years of Frontier Church, this type of thing seems like it was happening in the early church. Paul talks about prophecy in 1 Corinthians as having the capacity to do this. Paul says, in prophecy, quote, the secrets of the heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. Whoa. So at the end of every Saturdays in the Spirit prayer, I just started including the exhortation to keep pressing into the Spirit and to keep seeking a word from the Lord for somebody in our church. And it started happening. I I felt the Lord giving me words of encouragement to offer other church members. I felt real faces come to mind while I was praying. I felt real names come to mind while I was praying. I began to sense what God wanted to say to these individuals. And so I would actually bring my journal in on Sunday mornings when we started doing micro gatherings and I would find these people and I would just share, I would just read from my journal. I would just share with them what I sensed the Lord put on my heart the night before. And people started giving me words of encouragement that were from the Lord. And they weren't just encouraging. They really seemed to me like they were from the Lord. They hit like a deep spot in my soul and scratched an itch that only the Lord had a long enough arm to scratch. It really felt to me like God was speaking through these individuals. And again, it's not like dead people were coming back to life at Frontier Church. But man, our church was ministering to me in a way that they had never ministered to me before. And I felt like I was ministering to them in a way that I had never ministered to them before. So you can see why I'm excited about where we're at as a church, right? (laughs) 
So church, I'm really excited to keep pressing into the Holy Spirit with you guys. And there's still a lot more to the story. So make sure to look out for the second part of this podcast, either next week or the following week. It'll be, why are we so hungry for the Spirit? Part two. Because I'm really excited to share a few more stories about how God is shaking us up with the Holy Spirit. There's still a couple key stories that I want to tell you, like how we decided to hold two prayer gatherings on back-to-back Sundays. And I also want to tell you my story about my strange and awesome experience of temporary healing in Cedar Falls. So I love you guys. I know this is kind of a cliffhanger, but I hope this conversation gives you a better insight into some of the ways that God is stirring up our church with the Holy Spirit right now. And as this episode comes to a close, I just want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to keep praying and thinking about how you can be more deeply involved in playing a part of this story that God is writing for our local church. Make time in your prayer life to pray for our church. Make time to ask God to give you specific words of encouragement and prophetic words to people in our church. Make it a practice, a habit, a personal liturgy, a practice to come into Sunday morning worship prepared to bless somebody in our church. Keep being hungry for the Holy Spirit. So I love you guys, and I hope that knowing our story a little bit better helps you worship local.